now, the Asheville Museum of Science presents 7-Minute Science, powered by the 828.com. Welcome to 7-Minute Science, a podcast for the curious. Each episode, we answer those science questions you've wondered about in 7 minutes or less with the help of an expert here at the table. I'm Ken with the 828.com. And I'm Corey with the Asheville Museum of Science. 7-Minute Science is a great way to learn something new while you're sipping your coffee, speed walking, or reflecting upon New Year's resolutions of old. So thank you for joining us as we get ready to learn something new. Yeah, we are uh, getting out with the old and on with the new 2018 drawing year. And we're going to use science to figure out why those resolutions are so daggone hard to keep. And with any luck, we're going to learn how to be successful in keeping them as we forge into this new year. Yeah, and Ken, I'm excited about this episode because my New Year's resolutions tend to crash and burn around March. Or you make it to March, do you? Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Well, I should say January 4th is what I really should Before, say. Yeah, I think that's my critical point, too. <laughs> Thank Thankfully, our expert today can shed some light onto the psychology of resolutions, and 2018 can be the year of resolution success. So we're very excited to have Dr. Jennifer Moselick, who joined the psychology department at Warren Wilson College in 2009 after completing her graduate work in neuroscience at Wake Forest University. Broadly, her research explores strategies and interventions for supporting learning, growth, and well-being across the lifespan Jennifer, thank you for joining us on 7-Minute Science. Glad to be here. It is a pleasure to have you here today. As Corey and I attempt to soak up some knowledge from you, we're going to learn as much as we can in seven minutes. We're going to pepper you with some questions, Dr. Jennifer. And then after seven minutes, we're going to do our best to recap what we have learned. If all goes to plan, we will learn how to keep those resolutions. Are you in, Dr. Jennifer? I'm in. Fantastic. All right, let's get started. So... First question is, what is a resolution? Is it just the act of making a new habit or is it stopping an old habit or a little bit of both? Sure. So a resolution is simply a decision to do or not to do something. And you can see both adding new habits and subtracting old habits are included in the lists of the most popular New Year's, re- new Year's resolutions. Things like losing weight, exercising more, being a better person, not smoking. So how long does it take for a new behavior or new habit to form? Because obviously those things like, okay, I'm only going to smoke two cigarettes today, or I am going to exercise 30 minutes today. How long does it actually take to get ramped up and then just have that in your psyche as this is who you are now? It depends on a, on a lot of factors. So what's the habit? Is it something big and complicated or something small and simple? How often are you practicing it? Um, what are the consequences of that behavior? Is it, you know, very rewarding to do that behavior or is it um, kind of difficult to do that behavior? Luckily, um, our brains are really flexible. We have an amazing capacity to adapt and change. Um, so have specifically looked into this question and tried to put a timeline to this. And so they'll follow people over weeks or months as they adopt new routines and behaviors. And the results are really variable Um, For some people and some behaviors, you can see new habit formation in just days uh, or even weeks. Uh, But for most things, it takes months or even years for a new behavior to come. A follow-up question, Dr. Jennifer. I have a friend who smokes, and he says out loud, smoking is going to kill me. I need to stop. So he knows what the outcome of continuing this habit is, and yet he doesn't stop it. So what's going on in his brain? Well, that's the definition of addiction. When we continue a behavior, 
uh, despite knowing that it's bad for us. So let's delve into the brain a little bit more. Is breaking a habit harder than creating a new habit? And are they both the same process going on in our brain? Or are they different? Well, if we think about behavior as a pattern of brain activity that leads to our thoughts and our actions, then changing behavior requires rewiring or changing how our brain cells are communicating with one another. So our habitual thoughts and actions have been practiced over years and decades and are supported by really stable networks in the brain. And these can be difficult to completely undo, but they can and do change pretty readily. So uh, these changes involve both learning and unlearning, kind of two sides of the same coin. If you think about... Uh, you make a resolution that you're going to exercise on the way home from work every day. You might have to learn a new habit like packing your gym clothes in the morning before you go to work. And you have to unlearn an old habit of having like that really big snack at the end of the day. So Mm. both of those changes in behavior require attention and they require practice. So a resolution is a bit of a promise we make ourselves. We get so disappointed when someone else promises us something and then they don't deliver. So why is it so easy to break a resolution? Why is it so easy to break our own promises to ourselves? I think the research suggests that we're often too ambitious and too easily discouraged. So we set a really big goal for ourselves, and then when we don't see absolute and immediate change, we revert back to our old habits and we tell ourselves we can't do it. We tell ourselves this story that I'm not the type of person who can exercise every day, and that's really um, difficult to overcome. We make excuses, basically. Do we, we, we justify our reality? Yeah, we tell ourselves story about stories about who we are and what we can do and not do. And really, there's just a lot of rewiring that needs to be done when we give ourselves these giant resolutions. Is that right? Yeah, we should be a little bit easier on ourselves. Well, that's good to hear. All Dr. Right. Jen's given us permission to ease up a little bit. Yeah, right? exactly. So I've heard of something called the false hope syndrome. And I would love for you to kind of shed some light on what this means and uh, whether or not we're part of that. Yeah, I think we might all be. Okay. Uh, I think this idea comes from, there's a researcher at University of Toronto. She's a psychologist named Janet Polivy, and she was trying to figure out why, given the high rate of failure we experience when we try to engage in self-change, do we keep trying the same things over and over again? So, for example, we join the gym each January, and then we quit by March. So her research suggests that we fall prey to this false hope syndrome because we enjoy the feelings of optimism and control that result from making big plans about behavioral change. So we look to the future, and we imagine this better self. um, But at the same time, we discount, sort of forget about our prior failed attempts. So we make these sort of unrealistic estimates about how quick and easy and influential changing our behavior is going to be. So we're sabotaging ourselves, basically. <laughs> right. we, we, we like the high from the beginning of the resolution. We envision how life's going to be, but then when it actually becomes hard work or we've set unrealistic goals, that's when we abandon it all? Yeah, and hope and confidence, those are real important factors in self-change, but we have to give ourselves realistic expectations. For my resolution, I want to cook more during the week. Now, would it be more appropriate for me to say something like, I would like to cook more on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday nights to start? Is that something that could help me? 
Or is it even more granular than that where uh, I need to make sure that I'm going grocery shopping a little bit more every every day or every week to be able to prepare myself to cook? Yeah, I think you've hit on two really important factors. So make your resolutions specific makes them much easier to follow. So rather than saying I'm going to cook, setting up the specific plans around that days of the week, steps that you need to take to make cooking easier, like making lists, going grocery shopping, those types of things. So realistic goal setting, it sounds like, is the foundation for making a good resolution yes. and keeping a resolution. Are there any other tips, tricks, suggestions, hacks that can, because unlike Corey, who's got things all, you know, a logical thought process, <laughs> I, January 1st, am going to go to the gym and I'm going to hop on an exercise bike till my legs feel like they're going to fall off. I mean, I'll do this. It happens every year. I will walk away. My legs will feel like jello. And then I probably won't go back to the gym for another six months. <laughs> so if I modify that, if I have more realistic goals, what are other things that we can do to ensure that we'll be more, a little more successful? Sure, yeah. So uh, being realistic, thinking about what's actionable and will fit in your life, being specific. Um, and a couple of other things, sharing your goals with your friends or your family, um, both to have a little healthy peer pressure um, and maybe also to make it a little bit more fun and rewarding for you. So you can tell your coworkers that your resolution is to get more exercise and then invite them to go along with you. Or um, if you tell your kids that that's your resolution, they might be able to prompt you to go for walks with them or play outside, that type of thing. One other thing is to reassess and reset regularly. So no one's perfect. We're all going to try things and they're not going to work. But that doesn't mean that if we try again or try something differently, it won't work the next time. Uh, so if you resolve to go to the gym four times a week and then by February 4th you realize, you know, that's just not working out, you can try to see why it's not working out, reassess, and then maybe think two times is more reasonable plus a big walk on the weekends and still meet your real goal, which might be to get more physical activity. Ken, you and I have shared our resolutions to each other on the airwaves so we can hold each other accountable. I'm looking forward to getting some, some advice from you. Oh, I'm going to be on you, man. <laughs> That's right. So before we, we recap, do you have any resolutions that, for the new year or is that something that you're keeping hidden? I haven't made one yet, um, but all the research suggests that people who do make a resolution are much more likely to change that behavior, things that they want to change, <laughs> than people who just think about it but don't make a resolution. So I should probably follow the research and, and figure out what I'm going to do. I'm thinking Dr. Jennifer just doesn't want us <laughs> nagging her to keep her accountable. That's, that's, right. that's why that's she's that's holding right. back here. <laughs> all right. Well, I think we've got all the information we need now to see how we can recap and see if we can do this in a minute or less. So Ken, let's see if we are listening. A resolution is setting a goal to change a behavior. And oftentimes it could take a lot longer than we want for this goal to be achieved, but also for us to rewire our brain to be able to create a habit for that behavior to be successful. And sometimes people will continue down uh, the path of evil ways like smoking, even though they know it's bad, because that's addiction. And that's a whole other podcast coming in, in the future. But at that point, it goes beyond making a resolution. We continue to make these resolutions year after year, even though sometimes they're not as successful because we love being optimistic about how uh, great we, we are and how we can achieve these resolutions. Uh, called, and this is what we deem the false hope syndrome. Is that right? Yeah. And I think uh, to 
to combat that and to be successful, we need to think small. It feels good to think about making the change, but to actually make that change reality, you've got to set realistic goals. All right, Ken, my realistic goal for my resolution is going to be to prepare Sunday night, go grocery shopping, and and be able to cook at least Monday and Wednesday night, plan something out. All right. I, th- I think that's, that's good. That's realistic. Those are things you can do. You have to hold that. You have to hold me accountable. I, I hold. That. I will. Uh, we'll have to check in every so often. Ex- expect yeah, to right. receive a weekly menu. All righty. Um, I will. I'll do the gym two nights a week. I will do the gym. Two, I think this is realistic. Two nights a week for a half hour. Does that sound? I think, I think you can do that. I think that sounds great. But don't forget to prepare yourself for success. Right. Pack gym bags. That'll help. Right. Yeah. I will start doing that. That's a good idea. Just like you're making your list, I'll pack my gym bag at least two times a week. I think we're going to be successful. It's going to be a good 2018, yeah, right? I think so. Thank you, Dr. Jennifer, for taking the time to talk with us today about resolutions and for joining us on 7-Minute Science. Thanks for having me. It has been a pleasure having you at the table. Happy New Year to you. My pleasure. Happy New Year, and good luck with your resolutions. Thank guys. you very much. We'll make sure we uh, check in with you by March to see how we're doing. Indeed, we will. And thank you all for listening to 7-Minute Science. We hope you have learned something and can share this knowledge with a friend, family member, or colleague. And uh, it's been a great initial year with you. Look forward to many more episodes in 2018. To listen to what we've done in the past, find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, SoundCloud, and of course, right at the 828.com slash science.